0: hi everyone this is peter levin and you're listening to another episode of in good hands a show about the companies and founders solving our climate crisis today i interview sabine valenga co-founder and cmo at food for all now food waste is a massive issue and if you remember in previous episodes roughly a third of all food produced goes to waste but on top of this food insecurity is also a serious concern with a huge and growing segment of the population who cannot access healthy food on a consistent basis, if at all. Food for All solves both of these issues by doing the following. A, it allows restaurants to sell surplus food through an easy app. But two, they sell that food at a 50% discount so that people who want to access delicious healthy food at crazy affordable prices can now do so. In the episode, We talk about the early days at Food For All, from launching a successful Kickstarter to building the version one of the mobile app. We talk about the challenges of building supply and demand on the marketplace, the food industry at large, what she thinks about food delivery and the future of that space, and much, much more. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Sabine Valenga, co-founder and CMO at Food For All. Sabine, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Peter.
0: Sabine, let's, let's start with the basics. What exactly is food for all?
1: So Food for All is a marketplace for surplus food. We have an app that is helping restaurants that have extra meals sell that to our users that buy it for at least uh, half the price and go pick it up at specified pickup windows. This way, restaurants get to generate extra revenue with what otherwise would be wasted. Users get access to delicious meals for a great uh, price. And we all contribute to a better planet with less uh, food waste.
0: And can you explain why is this a big deal within the context of food waste.
1: You probably heard that 40% of the food in the US is wasted um, and 40% of that food is at consumer facing businesses. So just here, more than 700,000 restaurants are throwing away more than 11 million tons of food every year. And these are numbers and numbers are important, but I think that what really resonates with people and the problem that we're tackling right now is uh, the idea that I think everybody has been in the situation that you are in a coffee shop or in a restaurant and they're about to close there's nobody there but you see still their food, their trays and shelves full of delicious and like fresh meals and I think everybody has wondered what happened with that food at the end of the day and unfortunately the answer now is that it's wasted because there is no simpler or cheaper solution than to throw it away. So it's something that restaurants are very used to do it's part of their daily lives already and we're here to change that and offer a better solution.
0: Got it. So the Applets restaurants easily sell leftover meals at a big discount, which prevents perfectly good food from being tossed and sent to landfill. How does the experience work for users?
1: It's a very straightforward process. Users log into the app and it's free. You browse through the available meals close to you. You pay through the app and we handle all the transactions. And then you just go to the restaurant and the pickup window to pick up your um, order. Pickup window is usually one or two hours before restaurants close. So we only operate within their business hours. And that means that you're getting the same quality of food and service as another regular client that would uh, walk in that time. Another thing that it's important to, just to understand how this is possible is that our meals and offers are available anytime during the day so it's not that we ask restaurants to first wait until their leftovers and then post we ask them to work with a default meal profile so they know how many meals they will have every day like as an average and that's what we put there so that allows people to buy meals at any time uh, in the day
0: aha that makes sense I actually remember from my experience building software for restaurants a few years ago, the last thing restaurant operators want is to add another to-do to their checklist, right? So the more a product can accommodate this set it and forget it experience is a huge win in the category. A question about the marketplace. What are some examples of popular meals that are typical on the app?
1: We are working now uh, with restaurants that have pre-prepared food. So that means all fast casuals, so think about the Chipotles of the world, coffee shops, hot bars, and -and grab-and-goes. So you can expect to get a burrito, a burrito bowl, or recently we partnered with Fresh & Co. here in New York, their biggest account right now. And what they offer is their puddings or sandwiches and paninis um, for $4. So it's at least 50% off every single item.
0: Wow, you really can't beat that. The interesting thing here is that food for all isn't just a waste solution, right? It, it also seems like a really compelling insecurity issue. At these price points, you're also enabling people who have lower incomes to consistently access healthy food. So my question for you is, who is the typical person using food for all?
1: so it's funny because food for all was a name that we to be really honest we picked in like less than 24 hours because we had to make a decision fast <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because we've seen that it is really food for all like we've seen so such a diverse range of users from single moms and parents that are bringing home food to their um, family to very I don't know student on a budget or people that are really just tax savvy and really are they because they're saving money and making smart decisions. So we've really seen a variety of profiles. But if I have to kind of describe the typical user, I would say it's everybody that is busy and working flexible hours. So they don't have the typical nine to five job and they are both eco and price sensitive. So this is the typical food for all user. So think about freelancers, college students, people that even work in retail and uh, inside our own restaurants. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a broad audience
0: for sure. So people from all walks of life are using food for all, which is also a testament to how much the marketplace has been developed. I mean, surely in the initial days, it must have been a totally different story. How did you build early supply and demand on the app? And did you focus on one side versus the other first?
1: Sure, no, we definitely get this question a lot and it's something that we're also, I mean, every day we learn, but I think that It's not, for us at least, it's not you solve supply or demand first and then you go to the other. It's really little by little, shifting focus a little bit from supply to demand and vice versa. And the way that we did it is first getting the initial demand before even launch the app. So users that pre-signed, users that already show interest and we know where they're located. And then we start focusing on the initial supply. Depending on how many people are in the area, we get this initial supply, then we focus on demand again, and then it's always going back to supply again, like a ladder, let's say, and yeah.
0: Interesting. That's actually not something you hear often. Most marketplace businesses will talk about building supply first, but you and the team focused on the demand side first and did this quite successfully via Kickstarter. Can you speak a little bit about the backstory here and why you opted for this approach?
1: Sure. So, yeah, the the story is that we had this concept. David was working uh, on his first startup after he finished his MBA in Boston. I was working as an architect here in New York. We already knew each other. We heard about... Food waste being an environmental problem for the first time in 2016 with uh the John Oliver's episode on the food waste scandal, so that was definitely an important piece for for us and like how our lives took the direction of their uh, that our lives took. <laughs> and I think that we both, as international students here, both on a scholarship, we already valued pretty much uh a lot of the local restaurants and coffee shops that would do these last hour deals or price down. Own grocery stores so i think that this was already part of our lifestyle if you can say so Mm -hmm. as uh, international students here and when we've seen that food waste is an environmental problem i realized that these businesses were not only helping us with the discount but actually helping a bigger cause that maybe they didn't even know about that is actually avoiding food waste we really thought that somebody would have to solve that and so we had the concept of food for all we uh, had the, the initial business plan all set, but we were running out of money and we were running out of time because our visas were about to expire. So we didn't have the time to actually take the traditional route of angel investment. So we just decided to launch the Kickstarter campaign. That's why I mentioned that we had to, to choose the name Food for All in less than 24 hours. So we did a really well kind of made video with a mock-up explaining how Food for All works. We talked to a couple of restaurants that were around the block, really, in Cambridge. And we launched a Kickstarter. And that was really where when everything happened not only we got the initial funding but media picked a lot on the concept so in less than two weeks with in, in the campaign we were already in the today show when we didn't have anything built which was crazy and that really just generated a huge list of thousands of users that were pre-signing for the app so that put us in a very interesting position because it basically was our product market fit and we knew that it was demand for it so to the question of marketplace and how Food for All is kind of uniquely positioned. I think we have definitely the advantage of having the demand first for a marketplace, which is normally the most difficult side. And what also helps is the mission. So the mission is something people really understand. And people, as I mentioned earlier, they feel the pain when they see good food, especially prepared food on a restaurant being wasted. And so that's something that resonates with people and they're willing to share.
0: It's very clear that Food for All has had this core socially responsible bend in its DNA right from start to, to now, but it's less clear this is true for other food marketplaces that have become quite popular. And the, there's a growing sentiment among restaurant operators that working with these big online delivery apps is becoming a necessary evil. Right? This is where consumers are buying, but it's not necessarily good business for them given the razor thin margins. Where do you see Food for All fitting, one, into this narrative, and two, into the broader landscape with all of these different online food and delivery apps?
1: It's exactly why I think Food for All is focusing exactly on the opposite of delivery, which is bringing people into their stores and also not only bringing people in, but also at slow times. So we are not there to give more workload for uh, a staff when they are already operating at full capacity, we're there really to focus on the slow hours, which is usually before they close or when like in between the rush hours. Right. And there's something very special about it because not only is when staff are kind of have more time, so they have more opportunity to actually interact with the user, but the user actually gets to experience the brand at a whole well, in, in every level, right? Not only seeing that in a screen and getting that at your door, you can actually enter it through the doors. You can experience the space. You can smell the food. And there's also, of course, the potential of upselling. So normally when a restaurant, a person is already in store, they they can buy more than just what they intended originally, right? Because they're influenced by everything that they see and opportunities that they didn't know that they are craving for. So we strongly believe that for local businesses, increasing food traffic is crucial and that's what we are purposely uh, focused on pickup for now and you're totally right i think that in terms of more of a high level of the industry i think there's a lot of money in uh, the big players for delivery putting a lot of incentives for demand which means that Uh, We don't really know what's the true demand, uh, let's say, for um, once these incentives are no longer there. And then they can absolutely not charge more because the restaurants, as you mentioned, they cannot operate with such thin margins still uh, having to pay a big portion of their order for the third parties. So there's definitely a lot for us to see in what's going to happen in the next couple of um, years in terms of where delivery goes
0: that is so compelling i can actually see why your restaurant network is growing so fast i mean food for all is the antithesis of this broader online food trend right what an obvious partner to say yes to all things considered so now it's time for our signature lightning round where i'll ask you a couple quick questions and you'll try to answer them in 30 seconds or less first question food for all was founded in boston But since the original start, you've moved the headquarters to New York City. Where do you prefer operating more and why?
1: I think that if you ask that to uh, all of our team members, we're probably going to have a different answer (laughs) if that's where they prefer to be. But I think there's definitely unanimity in terms of, we know that Boston was a great place to start. It was just such a welcoming environment and startup scene and like just mentors willing to help and give direction. And for our market, just the, the student population there is amazing. So Boston was definitely a great place to start. But now the to grow New York City is definitely uh, the place to be.
0: <laughs> nice, makes sense. Second question. Your company has also gone through quite a few incubators, like Techstars, Mass Challenge, Urban X. Why this route? And what's your advice to upcoming founders that are exploring this pathway versus alternatives?
1: Sure. I think that for us, we took this route because we we're pretty aware that for us to scale food for all, we're going to need two things, money and strategic partnerships. And especially as international founders, we have to work to get our network going. <laughs> so really for us, the, the 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 accelerators have been crucial for us to be inserted not only in the startup scene, but also in the food scene in this country. And I think that as an, as an advice, I would say just research what is it that you can get out of each accelerator program that you're thinking about applying. And once you're there, make sure that you make them work towards achieving these
0: goals. (laughs) Gotcha. Third question. What's the most compelling climate-oriented solution you've seen recently?
1: I don't... I don't think I can call that a solution, but it's, well, first, uh, personally, I'm very inclined towards consumer facing goods and I love food. I love recycling and I love fashion. <laughs> so this would be like, I, I think my uh, product categories is that I'm uh, most excited about, but I have to say that after going through urban X, I don't know if you can call that a solution or a company, but the idea of really investing in urban tech, I think it's just so fascinating that it's, there's thesis. Is basically making cities more livable and sustainable and therefore tackling climate change. You do that in a, a very efficient way when you go to really dense population. So I think I'm, I've been very fascinated by urban tech. So I'll have to say urban yes. tech now.
0: And last question. Let's assume that all the stars align. Where is food for all in the next two, three years?
1: I love this question. I think that food for all, in the end, we're here really to change behavior. So in two or three years, uh, we want to be at everyone's top of mind whenever they're thinking about what's dinner or lunch for the next day. So achieving that, it's going to be so exciting. And also, we definitely want to be at every major city in the US and also exploring other verticals like groceries and uh, meal kits, packaged goods. There's definitely a lot of surplus out there and across the entire supply chain. And we really see Food for All as being the platform that will make sure that that reaches choose the right consumer at the right time
0: love to hear it Sabine nailed the lightning round before we go I love to lay out the red carpet are there any final call to actions or plugs you want to leave with our listeners
1: sure I think the ask is always the easiest way to support is downloading the app and using it and letting us know what you think please rate the app write us what you like what you don't we're always so open to feedback and that's it
0: amazing again Sabine Thank you so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing and writing us a review. Also, if you have any recommendations about a founder or a company that you'd like to see on the show, let us know. Message us on social at In Good Hands. Also, special shout out to Dan Mahoney, who produced this week's episode, and Eddie Knuckles, our music director. I'm your host, Peter Levin. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Peter11. And that's it. Looking forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday.